the DSH, Lee Walker, the adorable one, Alex Todd, and former WWE writer, Rob Hockman. You're listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome everyone to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me. I can do that because we don't have former WWE writer Rob Hockman here today. But we have former WWE employee Marie Shadows. I am the DSP. That's right. After last week working together, I am now referring to myself as the Dirt Sheet Provider. I am Lee Walker with my co-host. The one and only, adorable one, Alex Todd. Marie, how are you doing today? I'm all right. I could be a little bit better. This episode is probably going to be a little spicy. (laughs) Yes, ladies and gentlemen, tonight's episode is uh, not for the faint at heart, weak at heart. It's definitely not going to be PG like WWE. So ladies and gentlemen, just know that we are going to talk about some rather touchy subjects. Just don't turn the dial. I I think Marie and I both have a lot of unflattering things to say tonight. Uh, yes, yes, but let's, before we get into it, did you watch Vice TV, Dark Side of the Ring, I did. Plane Ride from Hell? I Marie, did. did you watch? Yes, I did. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, The Plane Ride from Hell, um, don't know where to begin, uh, I, I, knew this had happened much like i think a lot of wrestling fans did uh you know granted it happened in 2002 it is now 2021 there are a lot of things in the past that have happened that are not acceptable today but also not acceptable in 2002 um this is a perfect and prime example of why women don't go to police departments on these sort of manners. And especially the way I have seen the fans act Uh about the plane ride from hell. I have seen a lot of fans, even on our Facebook posts on Perched on the Top Rope, sticking up for Ric Flair and Tommy Dreamer. And fans, if you don't know what I'm talking about, please go watch the episode. It will really change your perspective on some of what I would call your heroes. Absolutely. You know, and that's why they say never meet your heroes, Alex. Mm -hmm. To Uh, say I'm disappointed is, is an understatement to say I'm furious is an understatement. It's the, the, the things we learned on this episode were just flat out disgusting. Yeah. All right. First let's break down the episode. So people kind of know what we're talking about fans. If you haven't watched we do say spoiler free is the way to be, but that only lasts for three days. It's been three days. It's Sunday. We're good to go. It's also a documentary <laughs> show. It's not a wrestling show. So who gives a shit about the spoilers? <laughs> yeah. So the, so the plane ride from hell happened in 2002. Uh, a lot of big names and stuff were involved. Brock Lesnar, Ric Flair, Scott Hall, Mr. Perfect. Kurt Henning, correct. Um, 
we know Justin Credible was on the plane. Uh, Jim Ross was on the plane. The Undertaker, Kurt Angle, and even Vince McMahon himself. Mm-hmm. I believe Chris Jericho was there too. Yes, a couple other people. You, you know, and and the whole thing is is you know I believe at the time Jr.'s position was he was supposed to keep those kinds of things under control. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which name should we talk about first? However you want to do it, man. Um, I do want to preface this by saying that I am a different type of breed when it comes to like these kind of stories because I've heard so many shoot interviews about like Flair and the rest of them. So it's not really shocking. So like, you know, him doing this, it's sort of like, bro, what the fuck? First of all, like no one needed that. Um, and then second of all, like if your colleagues have to keep saying that he's the dirtiest player of the game. He's the dirtiest player of the game. You bet believe that he has some stories to tell you with like women that he messed around with or whatever. The other thing too, is that there's a difference between how American women act towards celebrities versus um, I'm guessing Heidi, um, as much as I felt for her, I'm guessing that she's British in a way, judging on her accent. And sometimes people in the UK have a, have a very, very stronger reaction to when some goof is going to be like, yo, touch my stuff, you know, like there's like this disconnect and this thing. So like, you know, I watched it. Um, it was like one of those, like, really, man, like this is how it really went down. Um, but yeah, I just want to preface it that way that I'm not a typical girl. I don't really get offended by like, most things that guys would do, they're just being guys just because I'm like, yo, put that away, whatever, go away. But the moment that they start advancing towards me, I'm being the shit out of them. But that's, but that's me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's just start with Ric Flair since, since that, you, you said that name. I guess so. <laughs> so uh, as we know, this flight involved alcohol and drugs. Literally yep. for everybody. Um, Flair was just in his robe, you know, that he comes out to in the ring and swinging, uh, his dick around, you know, in a like propeller, like, you know, like a helicopter, yeah. and, you know, congratulations, but whatever. Um, <laughs> the flight attendant was at one point she said that flair had like pinned her up against the wall and and, you know making advances on her and things like that this was uh i know you got a lot to say so i'll let you go first (laughs) so i've always been like a pretty huge proponent of of women's rights just because it's it's how my parents raised me like you're you're respectful towards women and you don't treat them in a way essentially like this um my issue is obviously that we know that rick flair has been kind of messed up like this in the past but the fact that like everybody assumed that this plane ride was pretty bad, like from a fan perspective for years, but I never assumed it to be this bad with what was going on. Um, it's, it's a lot more to unpack than I was ready for. And now I'm going to, I'm going to tie this in. I know that the WWE network or Peacock just recently deleted the story time video 
where Ric Flair talked about this. And in the video, he says that the flight attendants or one of them or something like that told him to originally take his clothes off and put the robe on. But, and everybody's using that as a defense for Flair, but you don't, you weren't there. You don't know if that was the, the, like the person he made the advance on. You don't know that he was, that she was the one that told him to do that. It could have been completely unwanted. Um, Mm -hmm. And just, I, I just don't think when you're, that much of a celebrity i think you're you should be a role model and i get that this was a different time frame it really wasn't that long ago though this was the this was like the early thousands these things were already unacceptable at this point um i i think you should be held to a higher standard when you're in a situation like that and you shouldn't be pinning women up against a wall especially in a situation where you know all this other shit's going on on this plane and i just i I was telling Lee Marie that uh, mm-hmm. my girlfriend and I have been watching like the wife swap show, you know, wife swap that was on TV. Well, we recently today, we watched the celebrity wife swap uh, show. And on that show happened to be the episode where Ric Flair and Roddy Piper's wives switch places. And in, I'm going to tie that in because in that episode, <laughs> in that episode, Rick, talks about how he lives a certain life and he doesn't care if he changes his ways. So it sounds to me more like we're dealing with a man who doesn't give a shit of what he did. He'd do it again. And he has no remorse for what he did. And for that, I, I think it's unforgivable. Um, I mean, oh. <laughs> that's, that's definitely a lot to um, unpack. I totally get um, where the anger and stuff is coming from. Cause like, you know, first of all, like, <sighs> I kind of see it as like the reason why he decided to take off his clothes is because before that they had the whole incident between Brock Lesnar and um, Mr. Um, Kurt Henning like mm-hmm. fighting and everyone could have almost died. So like you're in that fucking panic like state and shit. But the answer is don't get naked. <laughs> like Yeah, because- <laughs> I, I, I feel like my first my first reaction to two men fighting wouldn't be like, OK, I'm going to go take my clothes off. <laughs> yeah, like why? Like. I, you know, he probably did it because he's so comfortable with himself and he's so comfortable with people being like, oh, my God, it's Ric Flair. You know, I got to do whatever. But, dude, you should have just told a joke rather than like avoiding like all this stuff. Um, if you hear my cat, it's my cat in the background. Um, but other <laughs> than that, um, I think that uh, going a little bit more fast forward in Ric Flair's life and career, um, that time when like he almost like died and he was in the hospital I think that was his turn point, his turnaround point to be like, yo, all the shit I did in my past is really fucked up. You know, I do think that he does have um, a bone in him to like apologize to people and stuff like that. But um, mm. I mean, I can see it both ways. It just depends. I'm waiting for him to get back on Renee's podcast, to, like tell his side of the story and see like what matches up, what doesn't match up and just try to figure it out. But right. Again, uh, taking off your clothes is not the answer after a huge fight happens. No. Well, as we also know, his car shield commercials have currently been put on pause and we will not be seeing them. I don't know if that'll make Raw and SmackDown a little more interesting, but well, actually, SmackDown's been really well. It's been Raw that's been an issue again. Uh, anyway. You also have to wonder how this is going to affect Charlotte Flair how this is going to affect Andrade and AEW and yeah. how this is going to affect possible talks between Ric Flair and AEW as well. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, obviously that's been a hot rumor, you know, Flair's going to appear at AEW. Um, I 
did hear through the rumblings that they were thinking about removing the flair name from charlotte and just she'd be charlotte which it wouldn't be the first time she's gone to charlotte before yeah, yeah. like it wouldn't be the first time the I other mean, thing you, too oh sorry um the other thing too is that um i think that uh before they did the whole flight thing um the company that heidi worked for should have at least smartened them up to be like hey you're dealing with wrestlers because it's a different ball game when you're dealing with basketball players and soccer players Wrestlers at that time in 2002 and, you know, back further, they have this chip on their shoulder and they try to get away with certain things like that. So, like, you know, she came into an industry that she really didn't know anything about. And that's really wrong on her to get traumatized the way that she got traumatized. And then if we could just take a moment to talk about Vince, because apparently Vince was on the flight. Why the fuck you didn't like do anything? Why? Why had it be all on JR? Like, that's so wrong. Because he was probably on all the same stuff that the wrestlers were. I was going to say, from what I hear, he was partying with them. Um, Well, the other thing, too, is to think about, and here's another thought or option, is why didn't the flight knew that they were dealing with all these guys who have, a lot of them that were on the flight had already had past history of alcohol and, Uh and drug use and whatnot. Why not put male flight attendants on the flight there were there were plenty of men that worked as male flight attendants at that time already it was 2002 9 11 had happened a year before that so there 100 was other male flight attendants that were probably willing to work i almost think that might have been more of a responsible choice from the 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 air company you know the airplane company as well definitely or at least have a U.S. Marshal on that could control it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, right? Like, no. Which I'm shocked there wasn't one on there, considering what had happened just a year before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I actually, you know, until then, I never even thought about it. Like, why didn't they have a U.S. Marshal or something on the plate that could, you know, yeah, hey, okay, you know, now you're all under arrest. Or, like, enough is enough. <laughs> Everybody, like, chill out. Yeah, pretty much. Um, The other thing, too, is that um, when she went over to Scout Hall to check on him, and he just had that sudden burst of energy to grab her shirt, like that would have freaking traumatized me. I would have been yep. like, you know, no matter. <laughs> yeah, like th- that's the first thing that went through my head when like I saw that part. Like, I don't care like if he's like really drugged up, like he could somehow get a sudden burst of energy to be like, I'm going to really like lick your face and like do this stuff to you. And I was like, oh man, I would have been way more traumatized with Scott than I would have been with Flair. But that's just, again, that's just me. Um, you know, but with Scott Hall, yeah, because Scott Hall has a more like he's into his demons and more. And my cat needs to stop meowing. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if you guys can hear her. <laughs> oh no, I did. <sighs> Scott apparently thought he was one of the bushwhackers that night with the face sticking. <laughs> yeah, something like that. No, I mean, I, I don't mean to like joke because it is a serious matter, but yeah. was, you know. That was just random. It's like, really, you're gonna like lick my face? Yeah. Dude? Like, do you even know where we're at? You know, and I personally like out of them all, Scott really kind of seemed to be almost the lesser out of the lesser of all the evils. But I mean, he's the one. He's one of the ones that got fired over the whole ordeal, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I, I think he was to be made an example of because Kurt Henning was fired also. Yep. You know, and mm-hmm. if you also look for at that time. You know, even with Rick, they were also up there in age on on the roster on that plane ride as well. Yep. So yeah, 
that was to you know it had, the word had gotten out and uh, WWE needed to do something, so they needed to make an example out of, out of the situation. And you know that they yeah. weren't going to make an example out of Brock Lesnar at that it, time. Brock no, was, definitely not. Was just coming in 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 hot. They weren't going to touch Rick. They, you know, take yeah. weren't going to, you know, they weren't going to touch everybody. You know, they yeah. they, they picked their two wisely. Yeah. We're going to let go. Um, the other thing too is that um, you know, I don't understand why Brock needed to uh, flash Terry. I don't understand why that needed to happen. It was just like, yeah, Terry, you know, come over here, or whatever, and then flash her. Why? <laughs> why? I remember we talked mm-hmm. about that with her. And I think my other biggest issue is, is we're gonna go, we're gonna go to dive into this a little more because this is still related to the Ric Flair incident from the plane. If anybody listening has not heard by now, you 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 should have because it's been all over the internet. Tommy Dreamer's been suspended by Impact Wrestling for his comments that he made on the uh Ric Flair situation on Dark Side of the Ring. And so Okay, I understand if maybe back 20 years ago you thought Rick was just being Rick. It's 2021. You're going on to a documentary that you know all of the hardcore wrestling fans watch, and you're really going to defend the guy's actions on that big of a platform. Like, how did you not know that that wasn't going to end well for you or your career? Well, all the segments for Dreamer did not come off well. No. Um, it, it's sad because he's someone that's very much so looked up to in the wrestling industry too. He did apologize on Instagram and, and saying that he realized that he knew it was going to be sensitive topic and this and that. And then, um, I have my phone on me. Pull it up. I don't have my phone on me. It was essentially him saying that he regrets the things that he said, and he did not mean to make light of. Anybody who has ever dealt with or is dealing with sexual harassment, sexual abuse, and whatnot, and that he basically, it, it looked like a corporate apology. Yeah, and, and the other thing, uh, if you read the comments on there, and just a lot of comments on Facebook in general about the, the whole thing with between Dreamer and Flair, a lot of people are saying Dreamer did nothing wrong, Dreamer did nothing wrong, Dreamer did nothing wrong. I could understand if he was doing it in like a dark humor kind of way, but you know, 2021 doesn't seem to be accepting of dark humor and he wasn't doing it as dark humor. No, he wasn't. Uh, Even if it was dark humor, there's a time and place to like kind of keep that. So, you know, he, I don't really understand like, It kind of sounded like he was defending Rick's actions for how he said, well, Rick's, you know, Rick's being Rick and this and that. And that's really, I think what you see with Rick on TV is what you get in real life. If mm-hmm. you're a girl, I personally met Rick Flair in Albany, New York. And he, I can honestly say he didn't say one word to me. He was more focused about the Hooter girls at each end of the table. Oh yeah. That sounds like okay. oh. Yeah, see, exactly. See, he, he just did the thing. It sounds like Rick. He's yeah. more like, you know, um, if I was with you, I would get the attention. You you probably wouldn't. You know, you yeah. probably wouldn't. I'll get the attention. Um, I think... Oh, I mean, uh, the way that Tommy Dreamer phrased his uh, wording was definitely a little uh, 
concerning. Um, I get where he was coming from because he sounded frustrated. Um, and I think that's from like everything the uh, wrestling community throws at him about his hair. And he wanted to like apply it to, uh, to this situation. Um, he could have taken the RVD way out where it's like, you know, no one needed to see that. Like, why is this happening? You know, there could have been more where the guys could have been like, hey, Rick, you know, calming down, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's all, you know, be in our seats and stuff like that, you know. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, he wrote his comments. Um, the only thing that he could do is just, you know, move on and learn from it. And everyone can definitely learn that um, we don't really need this in our society anymore to take advantage of, you know, people for like pranks and then it goes wrong or take advantage of women just because, you know, you want to or you're stronger. Like this is an eye opener of like, this is what happened in the past. Please don't repeat it. And let's learn and let's continue on to create like a better future for like everyone involved. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think my biggest issue with what Tommy Dreamer said wasn't even all of that. It was at the end when he said that if she was so offended over what Rick did to her, then why did she take the payout? That might've been the most insulting thing he could have said towards any woman in the whole entire documentary, because there's a lot of women that don't get justice towards their sexual attackers. Like it happens all the time. They don't get the justice they deserve. So I feel like if I put myself in that situation, if if I'm not going to get complete justice and this person's not going to be in jail, well, I'd like to take them down financially a little bit because that's the, that's the least that, you know, it's the least that could happen to them. So like to say that you're also insulting just about anybody that's ever been in that situation. Um, I, I agree with you to an extent because I have a question to follow that up. So like, sure. um, so we know that Heidi got like super traumatized. And then when she went back to the hotel where her coworkers, they started talking about it, like the other one that wasn't mentioned in the documentary, um, right? She was the one that, that filed the lawsuit to like our understanding. Cause I don't think it was Heidi that followed it because like she didn't know that she could do that. Right. No, I, I don't I, think it was I her. Think, no, Heidi was the one that joined in on it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically her yeah. coworker had to be, well, I'm, I'm here like assuming, but don't get mm -hmm. mad at me guys, but I'm here assuming oh, that the coworker had to be American in order to understand the laws and like tell her, yo, this is wrong. We should go file, you know, um, a lawsuit against it. And I was happy that they filed a lawsuit against it. The only thing is that like, you know, yeah, it sucks that she took a payout, but you also have to understand that if her and her husband had enough money to go through all the trials um, that could have happened in court and that, that racks up a lot of money. Um, if it was me, I would have asked for like an apology um, from Ric Flair and everyone else specifically. So that way they know not to do it again because communication is key. Um, but sometimes, you know, if you take the payout, um, it's the worst thing because it just, it kind of like just shuts you up and like it stays in the back of your mind. But if you're yeah. not there financially, there's no point to waste all that energy and time to try to get your point across when you know that you should get justice. And I hope I people don't get on me for that, but like, it's that concept of like, is it worth it to like really, really fight it? Like if he really did something drastically where like, you know, sex was involved and actual hitting and beating and she gets bruises, then hell yeah, man. Take it to like all the extent of the law, you know, right. in a way. Um, 
and that might make that might make me sound kind of wrong but it's just the example of like you got to pick and choose your battles because if not she could have been left in like debt and then like what is she gonna do you know um that's why it's always a tricky slope with these stories not to say like you know don't believe anybody but Mm -hmm. you know sometimes the worst option is the best option to stay alive and educate people on like look we don't need some idiot flashing himself just because he's a big name or she's a big name because it could be the other uh sex too and let them get away with it and let them get a free pass like i don't believe that people like that should get a free pass without sitting down with them and being like, what did you do wrong? This is how it could offend people. This is why you don't do it again. But again, that's just how I think. I think differently. (laughs) Absolutely. No. And I actually, I actually 100% agree with you. I I think more where I was coming from is that is maybe just more of a route that, you know, the both sides should have taken. And I think my main point coming out of that was that Mm -hmm. Tommy dreamer, should have stayed out of it and he shouldn't have said what he said about the situation because i think in those situations i always take out like the person that is in the situation supposedly the victim or is the victim and i put in somebody that i know that somebody that's related to me so i i just think that tommy dreamer should have been wiser about the words that he spoke at the ending part because it kind of made him I think to a lot of people also come off as a scumbag. Also, another question too is um, after like uh, watching this episode, how close was Tommy Dreamer to like everything? Like, you know, did he, I mean, I'm not going to say if he participated or not, but like how close was he in order for him to get his spot on Dark Side of the Rain, you know, to, to have those comments? Because, you know, RVD was there and, you know, RVD tells us that like, this was sort of like the norm of like spiking the drinks and, you know, using the medication and doing this and that and stuff. But we don't hear if like, you know, obviously we know that RVD didn't really help help. He saw things, the same thing as Tommy Dreamer saw things. So why couldn't we get other people on this documentary to have a few words and, um, you know, say like kind of add on to, yeah, this is exactly what happened, you know? I don't know how close he was to the whole entire situation. Yeah, Arvidi basically threw everybody under the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if it's throwing under the bus or... Or just being honest. Yeah, being honest and doing the right thing. Yeah, it's it's more than being honest. Um, I mean, I see it as honesty. Uh, Yeah. Well, you could tell by how he was... He was speaking. And- well, if nothing else, RVD's always been a pretty honest guy because he he's always had that attitude, and I think you know a little bit of this has helped out that um, <laughs> he doesn't really have anything to lose, and he just he he is himself no matter where he goes, whether yeah. that gets him into trouble or helps him on certain occasions. Well, I mean, Vice and Dark Side of the Ring picks a heck of an episode to want to start with for this season. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we have other topics that are coming up, you know, that they have coming up that are going to be probably just as controversial, if not could be worse. Including another situation with Ric Flair as well. There's that episode coming up with uh, Chris Canyon. And And they are are 100% going to talk about that episode of Howard Stern that he was on where Rick called in 
and basically told him that everything was his own fault and like basically bashed him for being gay at the time too said it wasn't why you got fired but then he made he made some underhanded comment about it too so i i have a feeling this season is not going to make rick flair look like a good person at all well here's where i was gonna get with this is we have such a controversial topic with the plane ride from hell is the first episode and going forward we know that this you know it's called the dark side of the ring for a reason mm-hmm. but after this and what has happened to guys like dreamer and flair already and there could be more repercussions down the road could there even be a season four because after this do you really think people are going to want to talk and then get blackballed from the business that they've been in for so long or talk and then have their friends blackball or yeah yeah i mean uh that's that's a very tricky question because we are coming up with controversial things um for dark side of the ring um we'll see what happens if they do get renewed um it is like i enjoy it to like an extent um what i don't enjoy is the aftermath that um People on the wrestling uh, community get to be 15-minute um, wrestling journalists to dig up some other things. So it gives them a, a voice for, like, 15 minutes, and then that's about it. And I'm like, oh, you guys just want to break things. Like, you guys want to be the first to break news. Like, you know, there's more other things you could be doing than that than trying to be the first to break news. Like, there's other oh, things yeah. to do. Like, try to heal with other people or try to, you know, call your friend that you haven't called in, like, a while, you know? Of course, I'm also on the dark side of the ring shirt right now. You would be. Oh, and hard. <laughs> this was a good episode, though. Like, right. You know, this one really, this one was, showed a, a, a different limelight to wrestling, though still had the negative aspects to it. Which, here's the thing, though, with that, though, is like, that comes with the wrestling world. There is negative, but you, you have to understand that to understand what actually happened to like in the Owen Hart situation or say the Chris Benoit episode. Yes, those were all horrible things, but you needed to know the good things about them. You needed to know what led to yeah. what happened in both situations. Yeah. So you can get some sort of closure and not be wondering forever. I the, mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Owen Hart. I had to watch the episode. You know, I had to, um, but no, you know, that's, that's what's made me curious. Like now there's like a lot of repercussions where, in prior seasons of Dark Side of the Ring, no one really had any repercussions per se. You know, this is, I think, like the first episode where there's been backlash yeah. on the episode, mm-hmm. you know, and it'll be interesting to see if WWE makes a statement or says anything, especially regarding Brock Lesnar, since we now know that he will be facing Roman Reigns at crown jewel right and that's most likely supposed to be a championship match too so who knows how that's going to end up affecting him yeah well i'm going to call it here that brock is not going to get touched um i don't see it as vince gonna pull him from it just because the fans are going to be like um he showed uh terry uh all those years ago like i don't see it happening i still see it as um brock lesnar being vince's boy and um, because they're going to Saudi Arabia, um, you know, women don't have as much rights like we do here. So it's not going to happen. 
Yeah. Yeah. It might be something like he, you know, Vince like yells at him maybe private maybe privately or it's just like yeah. hey man what the fuck but it's uh, there's not going to be any repercussions on tv for him no i yeah. just said w- i figured at most <laughs> we would see if wwe did anything was a, a written statement right that would be about it well and i think a lot of people including brock himself have admitted that he didn't have the best behavior in the past especially in his first run in the company and I, I think I think he's also admitted himself in past years, and from everybody that I've you know heard speak on him since you know basically his run in UFC and his second run in the company that he's a he's a much better person to actually deal with in real life now, with you know with some exceptions of some people that he didn't get along with backstage, but I mean that happens, but. Um, I, I think he is probably someone that, you know, that was him in his, in his youth. He was at the time he was younger than I am now. So yeah. he did some stupid things and I'm not defending it cause it's still wrong to an extent, but uh, I think he's one of those people that have learned and since used some situations like that to turn himself into a better person. Yeah. And that's all you can hope for people. Cause what you know what else you can can you do you can you can talk down on these people that have done these bad things but in the end the only way that these bad things are going to stop happening is if you use these situations to become a better person definitely so i agree with that yeah i'm gonna agree with that too that was that was well said alex thank you and i think i think rock is a good example of that yeah yeah we also have other stories in the business too that are just weird that people do um i saw it floating around twitter but the randy orton thing (laughs) <laughs> putting his hand down his pants and like trying to shake people's hands like bro i don't know where that's been i'm not shaking your hand <laughs> isn't he the one that also used to like shit in people's bags backstage too i believe that was one time oh well okay. yeah but like what? all these weird all these weird stories of like bro can you find a different way to prank me into the business other than like some really high grade nasty stuff like well, can he- you just do <laughs> like yeah, can you no, just right. like, do a regular a regular prank <laughs> yeah so like here's one on uh renee dupree he was on uh, that 90s wrestling podcast and he shared a story that they took uh like a thousand dollar suit of his and a 500 dollars shirt and threw it in the shower on him and they had done the, the boys had done that because he didn't go out drinking with the undertaker and the boys but he openly admits that no one invited him and then the next show was like the next day in italy and they took his french flag and they uh stuffed it in the toilet and were pissing and shitting on it and he took that as very disrespectful which it is and yeah (laughs) he said he went to arn anderson and Arn told him, don't let him know you're angry or upset by it. because Don't sell it. It, it. Yeah, no sell it. It'll feed them oh, more. And then he said he went to the Undertaker, and he said all the Undertaker said was, well, I guess you got to find out who did it. And apparently Renee had said that uh, he knew the Undertaker was the one that told them to do it. But it also doesn't... From from the tran- the transcription I read, there were no names attached to who actually had done it. And I understand that that's just, you know, hearsay from Rune saying that Taker said to do it. But we also know Taker was also in charge of uh, 
the courtroom backstage too. Yep, the courtroom, the locker room. He was in charge of basically everything back in the day for a long period of time too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, it, it doesn't just happen to the women; it happens to the guys too. Yeah. Because so, you know, uh, apparently, if you're not fitting in, you kind of get screwed. And that's the one thing I think has gotten a little better in pro wrestling locker rooms these days. Uh, you hear a lot of interviews of the, the current guys that say it's a different landscape. Now guys are a little more accepting and supportive of each other backstage. Now they'll do their drinking and whatnot. They'll play like light pranks on it, but the, especially, and this is the one thing I will say well about WWE is, is as much as people get mostly frustrated on just creative these days, from what I have heard, there's, I don't want to say the best morale because morale hasn't been the best because of some other things that have happened, but in the instance of like hazing and ribbing and, and pranking that that stuff has kind of uh, disappeared with like the newer regime of locker room leaders. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, uh, I mean, back then they were up, they were on the road 300 plus day a year. Now it's, it's a significantly, lighter schedule that they're working right they don't have time for that <laughs> yeah so and plus like now the way uh things are in today's age you know back then i don't know what wwf's hr was like you know probably or, non-existent <laughs> like if you you know if you, <laughs> if you went to them with an issue you know nothing would happen or you know the person would just go back and say yeah, the person ratted on you and then make things worse for you right. type deal. So, you know, it, it is a lot different. Like, and we've even seen instances on like the Total Divas show, you know, when uh, the women would do something wrong, like Mark Carano was like right there and being like, hey, what was this? Right. You know, there's a lot more consequences to reactions and people are held a lot more accountable now. Yeah. Anyway, let's, uh, try and switch things up a little bit while we have our guest host <laughs> for for another episode she's also coming back next week yes i am <laughs> and, uh, she won't be a guest host though she'll actually just be on as a guest yeah you're taking my job next week <laughs> <laughs> uh so so we're gonna do this week and next week Marie, let's have a little story time. Let's, uh, if you don't mind, share a, a story from your days working in WWE and, uh, you know, give us another story of something that might have happened recently. Okay, so it's story time with Marie Shadows. I don't do it as best as Adam Cole, but you guys better uh, strap in for this. And I, I like that you wore the to... Bullet Club shirt, too. That goes along with that really Hold well. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't get ahead of me <laughs> because I realized I wore the shirt and I'm, I'm going to tell a story related to it at mm. WWE. So don't get ahead of me. <laughs> so, yeah, I am a Bullet Club fan um, and I love the Bullet Club, but essentially I love all professional wrestling. It does not matter to me. I will not pick a side. I will not say WWE is better this or that. Like when I was at WWE, I never said, yay, WWE. I never drank their Kool-Aid. And I guess that's why, you know, they didn't like what I had to say. So in this one particular day, because again, we are not, we weren't currently in the like main building in Stanford. We were like in this marina away from everybody, but we had like our own room and our own cubbies and shit. 
So, um, as you know, I work on a WWE network, so we were going over WCW days. And up on the screen was the NWO. And I think in the ring, it was like Hogan with Bischoff and like the rest of the NWO members. And obviously we have the two sweet, right? Like it's, the, it's like the universal sign to get people freaking happy. And for those of you that are watching and hearing, make sure to two sweet this episode as well. So we're going over, we always do like a debriefing of like the next era that we're doing. And I remember one of my coworkers who were there uh, he basically said, so um, that means that those guys stole it, referencing the Yum Bucks. And automatically, I was like, no, <laughs> we're not doing that. But Adam number two had to intervene and say, yeah, they did, just without thinking about it. Me, I was like, no. And I followed it up with, if you look at the interviews, Kevin Nash gave the okay for Bullet Club to use it. Kevin Nash gave the Young Bucks, um, you know, their yes to be like, yeah, you can use that. That's totally fine. You know, it's totally cool. Go do what you got to do. Um, and to the point where Adam number two was like, you can't tell Marie anything because I am a Young Bucks fan. Granted, I did bring that book bag with me every single day of while I was there that said, you know, the elite rule the world and stuff. Um, I really did give him the side eye. And if it wasn't for my other coworker to be like, don't you dare shoot on him. I probably would have said some other stuff too, but I defended the bullet club and it was not taken well. <laughs> okay. I can't imagine that would be, in, you know, working for WWE. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's definitely interesting because you get that, that one half of the click being Sean and Hunter who are like, super hell-bent on they're the only ones that are allowed to use it but then you get like the more progressive side of the click and like scott hall and kevin nash that are like it's really cool that people are carrying on our legacy and then you get guys like xbox who are just in the middle and don't care <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's it's crazy that a group can be so split on their support for basically it's not even that they're ripping them off if anything the elite in the bullet club has honored the nwo and honored dx and you would think that they would be almost flattered by it. I mean, a prime example is the colors are black and white. Right. You know, <laughs> look like the NWO when they first started. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a, uh, wow, incredible story. Uh, let's hear something that, like, something recent. I know you're vlogging and, you know, you go to indie shows and stuff like that. So. Yeah. So this one is just recently and is fresh. So I'm not really going to get into all the nitty gritties, but it will be a, a PSA, a personal service announcement, because I think the indie scene along the East Coast, which is just New York and New Jersey, like needs to change, especially in the back. It just needs to change. First of all, I am not. OK, so I am a fan of the business, but I am not a fan. Like, I love doing this. I made it to WWE. There goes my credentials of me actually wanting to work and be a part of the wrestling community, the wrestling business, no matter how it is. I'm practicing my commentary. I'm trying to get my foot into other companies, maybe AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact, Ring of Honor, um, the local indies around the other states too. The only difference is that I'm poor, so I really can't travel out, but I could always do remote stuff. But I would like to say that regardless of someone new that has been 
you know, in the background a lot doing ring crew and trying to put all the boys over on my vlog by interviewing them and getting out of my own comfort zone to interview people because I need to get out of my own head. Um, so what I'm trying to say without like dropping any names or whatever, because this is good, this is probably gonna bite me in the foot. But even if I don't interact with management on a top tier level, because everyone is so busy and I do not break that golden rule of I will not go to the back for anything because that's sacred. So if you're constantly busy and I can't really get to you, so how else can I communicate with you? Communicate through uh, DMs and stuff like that. So that's essentially what I did. Um, I heard nothing back until the day of, probably said some stuff in a different tone and it wasn't taken lightly, but it got blown out, out of proportion. So if you are a booker, please make sure to get back to all of the people that contact you, whether or not you know them, because somebody from like Ohio could contact you for a booking that they can probably take in New Jersey. Just make sure to like get back to them and be like, no, maybe so. I don't know, you know, stuff like that. Um, and to promoters, if you're having a bad day, you know, maybe take a breather and don't like come to work or don't have the show or, you know, really talk about it before spreading the toxicity and making people think who do things for free while still paying for a ticket, um, did something wrong. But I'm gonna leave it there. Um, I am not hard to find and I love to talk to people and squash things, but yeah, this might come bite me in the ass, but I am not hard to find. Okay, wow. <laughs> Sounds like a... Uh... Bad day at the Indies. And it's over miscommunication. And we always say that co communication is key. Miscommunication. But, communication just, is key. but just a quick reminder that I am not like a fan fan. A fan wouldn't be allowed to do ring crew. A fan wouldn't be allowed to try and talk to the wrestlers and interview them. So, you know, don't ever call me a fan. I am in this business. All right, fair enough. Fair I was going to say, I think that's where we've gotten to, to a point, too, where... I mean, yeah, I've... Well, you've been with me when at Excite, where the promoter goes, come on, you're coming to the back, interview time with Scott Steiner. I know, like, that. The, there was the time that they, they brought you back to hang out to Scott, with Scott, uh, Scott Steiner and sent me over to hang out with uh, MJF and Ethan Page and all that. Oh, and see, yeah. like... The three of us here, we do media. So, yeah, yeah. you know, we have a voice and we're interviewing wrestlers and we're trying to get them over. Um, sorry. And most of the wrestlers that I talk to on the indies, like they always tell me, man, I should use Twitter more. Man, I should use this more. You know what I do? I just talk to them and be like, hey, you should use Twitter. This is how beneficial Twitter is, despite all the negative stuff. So, you know, I'm still helping out um, wrestlers and to wrestlers that I've helped. Um, you know, I love them all. I love doing this, but just don't like treat people you think that are fans because they would just want to come in and have a good time. I, I go into work. You might not see it, but I go into work. Yeah, absolutely. And we both have been there. So mm -hmm. we totally understand, especially on the independent scene. We love you, Excite Wrestling. We'll see you November 6th because we are totally excited to see Sean Carr. Take on Matt Cardona, one will fall.
Sorry, we had to throw that shameless plug in there. And it will also be Rob Cook's very last match. Alex is sad because he has a little mini feud with an independent wrestler in our area. At this point, it's basically kayfabe, too. Yes. And his name is Rob Cook. Yeah, we have this little ongoing feud that anytime we go to one of their shows, that he'll literally stop in front of me during a match, tell me to go F myself, and say usually say something rude about my mother. Fuck you and fuck your mom. Yeah. Basically, storyline now. I should almost have him just like to go home happy with the crowd. I should just have him kick me in the face after his last match. That'll <laughs> hurt. Mm. Whatever. Yeah, take your glasses off. Well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> It'd be a good way for him to go out, though. Good way to go out, kicking my co-host in the face. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. As long as I'm not getting hurt. Oh, uh, that's great. As long as I'm not getting hurt. But then again... We'll leave that to Matt Cardona. <laughs> I mean, I did, I did spoil the, the, the GCW championship, the one that he had custom made. Uh, he did DM me. I did take it down though, and we did find the person. You know, I gave yeah, Mark. I gave him the information of the person who sent me the photo, but uh, I do apologize, Matt. Did not mean any <laughs> harm. I'll even we'll even include the DM because I did apologize in there too. Oh my god. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Where were we now that we went down that little mini rabbit hole of Excite Wrestling? Um, talking about indies and you know how they need to do better, but. I I agree. There's some that know what they're doing, and there are some in the area that 100% do not. We have the two best ones with 2CW, Excite Wrestling. They're amazing here in the upstate New York, in our area, in, in mm-hmm. western and central New York. Uh, anyway, let's move on to our next topic as we go from the indie scene to AEW and WWE, because we have especially AEW Dynamite this week. Mm-hmm. That AEW Dynamite this week is literally a pay-per-view. Prove me wrong. It is. I can't. First off, let's... Kenny Omega... And let's I, see if you can do it, right? I've been, I've been making the mistake so much lately. Brian Danielson. Good to yeah, go. The American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Good to go. I, I have been uh, still reverting back to the old WWE ways uh, multiple times, catching myself having to stop and be like, breathe, remember what it is now. <laughs> and then and then DB still comes out. See, I think it's a little easier for me, and I'm assuming you as well, Marie, because I've also, I've watched Daniel Bryan now back to being Bryan Danielson since his days in Ring of Honor. That's yep. when I first discovered uh, Brian Danielson. So it's a little easier. I mean, it, it took like maybe a couple days to get used to because I've been used to him going as this other name for 10 plus years now. But um, it's, it's not the first time I've watched or seen him as Brian Danielson, as the American Dragon. So it's kind of cool. And tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you go to our YouTube, youtube.com, perched on the top rope, and you will hear current Ring of Honor star, Rhett Titus, uh, actually speak about Brian Danielson. That is, again, youtube.com perched on the top rope. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so Marie, I'm going to ask you this. Do you think that it is a, at this point, you know, we know WWE is giving us 
the bloodline versus the new day which we didn't think we were going to get until survivor series <laughs> we thought that was going to be a survivor series like main event style type match instead we're getting it uh when are we getting it again tomorrow tomorrow yeah tomorrow we're getting that tomorrow and on wednesday we have basically a pay-per-view for AEW dynamite yeah Marie, do you think that this is done you know by you know wwe and AEW solely because of competition with each other Someone's paying attention. <laughs> someone is paying attention. So, um, yeah, it's going to be half for ratings, but I think someone in management is like, um, they put together, well, when I say they, I mean AEW. AEW put together a free pay-per-view for us. And half the time for WWE, we have to wait for the pay-per-view to have a semi-pay-per-view. And they were like, you know what? Let's just drop it today and let's see what happens. Um, let's see how well it does in the ratings and how the feedback is, because people need to remember that it's not only about ratings, even though like it really doesn't matter. It's about the feedback that you get like all across social media platforms that they want to see how well it is, because if tomorrow does really, really well, aside from ratings and they go on the feedback of the other of people, then who knows, maybe we can have a better raw in the future. Like, you know, maybe they could do better things. I agree. Uh, I was talking to Lee about this, though. I think my only slight issue, and it's not even an issue because I'm happy we're getting these matches. It's nice to, this is the first time in a long time that I think I can say I'm looking forward specifically to something on Monday Night Raw. And it feels good to be able to say so. Um, My only worry is, it's not necessarily this week, but the after effects of after this week is if they keep doing this are we going to see both companies run through these big matches too early to the point where they don't have much left after i will say this if anyone does it first it's going to be aw if you already look at dynamite i would have honestly expected the match between kenny and brian to be on a pay-per-view i would have expected dr Britt baker uh, against Ruby Soho for the AEW Women's Championship to be on a pay-per-view. I would have expected Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Christian and Jurassic Express on a pay-per-view. That, even. Yeah, that, that's yeah. a really cool match that, yes, you would have expected on a pay-per-view. Um, the thing that I also, you know, just kind of come to realize is they just had a pay-per-view and they don't do a monthly pay-per-view like WWE. They don't. You know, so... You know, and, and it's because of that, I think that they run out first. They have a very deep roster, yes. But if, if you notice, it's a growing trend on Dynamite. You have your top, top stars. Uh, Rampage has had a mix. They've had a mix of, you know, like... Up and coming and veterans. Up and coming and veterans on the show. It's only an hour long, though, so they have to, they have to get in as much as they can. Uh, kind of like MLW Fusion does, because that's only an hour long. Um, the, the difference here, though, is WWE does a pay-per-view every month. Not every pay-per-view is a good pay-per-view. Obviously, yeah. uh, WWE saves those super big matches for, you know, the, the core Survivor Series, Rumble, Mania, uh, Summer, and Summer Slam. Slam. And the, now kind of money in the bank as well. Yeah, you know, they have those core four. And then that, where w, or AEW is mm-hmm. only doing full, five, full gear, a year. Full yeah, gear. Yeah, it's like four. 
Yeah, but they're big ones because they move uh, Fight for the Fallen and Fighter Fest were both basically turned into weekly shows since the inception of AEW. So now it's it's Revolution, Double or Nothing, Full Gear, and All Out. Okay, yeah. So, in my opinion, AEW is the one that runs out first. Yeah, that's possible. You know, only because... They've also, they've also already ran through a lot of big matches already, too. Yeah. Like this Cody Cody versus uh, Malachi Black, both matches now will have taken place on TV. Yeah, yeah. So um, I just I, I notice it's a growing trend because, it, and, and it kind of scares me a little bit, especially for AEW because they're so young and they're doing whatever they can to compete. Right. And I know that throughout time, more superstars will get added in, you know, the younger talents will become bigger, you know, where they could add more pay-per-views as well in the future. We're already seeing that with Fugo Del Sol and things like that. Or Brian Pillman Jr. You know, he just uh, made a vented on Rampage against MJF, Mm -hmm. you know, so I, I, for whatever reason, I see it being them because they're the ones that have more to prove being the younger company to WWE. And it's the same similar type thing that we saw with TNA back in the day too. They gave away a lot of big matches on on free television. Yeah. Now I know that we haven't had a lot when it comes to NXT 2.0 uh, for what's going to be going on this week. But I wouldn't be surprised if WWE with with 2.0 try and throws a curveball. Uh, just because you know there is a lot of wrestling on television, so I'm kind of thinking that they might try and exhaust the fans, especially for Wednesday. Um, and I bring up NXT 2.0. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't like the 2.0 part. I don't like it at all. Um, you know, they just debuted a new theme, new stage, new everything. You know, even you know. Um, the biggest takeaway was Rick Steiner's son, but not hearing yep. <laughs> the name Rick Steiner at all. Braun yeah, Breaker. Yeah. You know, Braun Breaker, um, I, I would have loved if they would have used the Steiner name. I love that he paid homage to his dad and yeah. to, to Scott. Between but, his ring style and his ring gear. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the ring gear especially is what first caught my eye. I was like, yo, that's it's definitely a tribute to, to, to Pops and Scott right there. Mm-hmm. And then also his, are... his promo work. Don't forget that. Yeah, oh, yeah. His for... promo work reminded me spot on of Scott Steiner. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it was fantastic. And um, we know that the announcers did not say Rick Steiner at all. But we did did a, we did get a dog face gremlin in there. Oh yeah, if you if you paid attention to the match, he does like I think it's like a he did like a, a slam where he picked him up and Matt slammed him, yeah. and you could hear Vic Joseph in the background say that he did it with dog face gremlin mentality, and I was like, that's all I need, just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Kind of like that time you pranked him. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that right now. He might find us. <laughs> you pranking Rick Steiner? No. Okay. Oh, I may God. have prank phone called him once, but we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna move on from that. Um, that that was the and we're gonna we're gonna talk about it because you brought it up. You brought up NXT 2.0, so we're gonna talk about it since we're here. I had to. <laughs> I like to an extent how they're presenting um, the son of Rick Steiner. 
don't like the name they went with. And as yep. I told you the other day, yeah, I'm going to be one of those people. I I hated the show. I, I can't it. say anything because um I didn't get the chance to really really watch it uh because I was doing other things on uh that Tuesday so I was just like you know uh we're talking about like last Tuesday right yep yeah the show yeah, I, I, hmm. I I went to uh I did I did a little bit of ring training and um worked out a little bit so I was doing that <laughs> that's, that's fair hey, you 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 chose to use your time wisely then <laughs> I, I was I was relearning my bumps. My biggest issue of this whole damn episode is I get that this Indy Hartwell, Dexter Loomis thing has been a decent storyline. Why in the blue hell did a wedding take the main event slot over an NXT championship match? It's a wedding. It takes longer. I know. I don't care. You're, you're, you're having someone. And then I say that respectfully to you. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel as if you're fighting for a vacant championship that that should maybe be the main event. It should, but you know, WWE, they're all about entertainment and not like championships right. at the moment. And that's why that show just reeked of Vince McMahon and Bruce, Bruce Pritchard. Well, I mean, if you, if you think about it on other episodes of like Raw and SmackDown when they've done weddings, they've always been in the main event slot. And the main reason for that is you have to basically break down the ring. No, no, I, I get know. that. I'm just saying, from like, <laughs> yeah. if you're looking at this from the NXT view of things, oh, where they're, where they're not, things there aren't done how WWE normally is. And that's the other thing, is that we almost dropped that microphone for a second. That's the thing, is we, <laughs> would be the first one I dropped today. Um, that's, we knew going into this that things were going to be different. It was just, it for me personally, it was too much all at once. Well, where I knew that they had like WWE did up was uh, God. I don't even remember what match it was, but there was a it, it was a I think it was a singles or a tag team match, and then there was Mandy Rose had run in mm-hmm. at one point, and right. then they made it like a six woman tag match. Oh my God! Yeah, the the singles match into the tag team yeah. match. And then I was just like, I was like, is Teddy Long anywhere? Is he going to come out and turn this <laughs> into a tag team match? What's going on? <laughs> And that's when all of a sudden I was just like, this, this is a WWE move that mm-hmm. is notorious. Mm-hmm. Like, don't you, you yep. don't see that on NXT because, you know, very rarely would you see William Regal come down and, you know, d- you know, change a match type. That's, know. that's a Teddy Long move. You know, he's going to show up and tell them that they're going one-on-one with the undertaker. <laughs> oh, man. Exactly. You know, so it just it, it it had as Lee normally says, WWE went and WWE. WWE is gonna WWE. And they did. And that's what yep. we got. Um, yeah, that's exactly what it is. For me, the set was almost too much. And I'm in like a couple of group chats uh with with some dirt sheet writers and, and things like that. And a lot of the comments and there was even, I mean, I'm in one with a, a bunch of guys in the UK and stuff. And a lot of the comments were with the NXT logo in the background with it moving and the led light around it too much. It was too much for them. It, yeah. Imagine the like wrestling fans that watch that might have like <laughs> epilepsy. Yeah. yeah. Right. And like the one thing I did say though, um, that I did like was I liked the clear, like, order that they had for the fans yeah that was kind of cool and then I, like because then i thought to myself i was like 
Now we're going to be able to find out who the creepy guys are taking pictures of the women, when of the managers and stuff, because they're going to have their phones like this. <laughs> so it's like now you're going to see what happened. You know. Yep. Don't I? I if, you know, catch um, if that happens, if that happens, um, instead of getting mad at them, just be like, bro, there's like free porn. Go have fun. Like there's no need. <laughs> Literally to use your same phone. And open up the internet. <laughs> yeah, like there's no there's no need to like take a picture of like some woman's like undergarments or you know snap a picture of like some dude or whatever just to have it on your phone. Just open up the phone. Yeah, uh, well, open up. Well, yeah, turn the phone on. Open up the app. Go to the internet. Have free porn. Literally, people give it away for free. <laughs> yeah. So, or so, or <laughs> yeah. I mean, or, or subscribe to like an OnlyFans, you know. We, we did say this was not going to be a PG. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna when we when this goes up, there's going to be a not safe for work next to it. Yeah. You know, but yeah, no. Um, there were some good things overall. I personally, for me, I'm not saying the show. I'm not saying to all wrestling fans and that you know the show is a complete hundred percent miss because people are allowed to have their opinions. I'm just saying for me. And I said that this felt like this with the logo before the show even debuted. For me, it was almost like I was watching the Nickelodeon version of wrestling. And it was yeah. just, it was, it was not, it was not it for me. I'm yeah. waiting for us to uh, talk about a musical that happens on NXT. Like if a musical ever happens on NXT, man. I, <laughs> if, if there, yeah, if there's a musical that happens. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, like, and it, off it had a good run it had a good run that's that's what i'll say you yep. had a good run nxt mm-hmm. um again i'll have to watch this week as of right now i'm not too keen on it and i'm gonna leave it at that uh i i do think that every so often change does need to happen fresh in yes. the style and everything like that this is a complete 180 though you know nxt original colors were black and gold and now we have this multi-color thing going on and yeah it's like it's like these down here yeah we have a new (laughs) there's a new theme and it just i definitely don't like the theme i can tell you that much i'm not a fan of it um it doesn't it doesn't Say, it doesn't scream what you're watching it doesn't scream nxt right you know and one of the bigger things that you know triple h was all about is we are nxt and yeah now it's like are you it's definitely not are you afraid of the dark because that that is a very, very <laughs> great setup. well here's the other thing i thought of too is i'm gonna give it some time because as we know uh triple h had some some cardiac issues recently yeah that have left him out. Uh, it was noted that even though we thought it was going to be Bruce Pritchard and Vince running the show that Shawn Michaels actually ran last week's episode. It's, we don't know yet that when triple H comes back, that they aren't going to let him do some work on the show. And we've also seen in years that I, I will give WWE some credit for Cause this, we've seen a lot of this since the Daniel Bryan storyline back in 2014, that they are a little more open than they used to be towards changing things a little bit if it doesn't work with their fan base we saw it 
finally with Roman Reigns last year. We saw it when Becky Lynch's original heel turn. They are willing to work with some things. So it's it's not known for sure that this is going to be a total miss. Triple H could work something out of it. I think the biggest uh, plus coming out of this thing is that Rick Steiner's son is going to be an absolute superstar. And he's already showing that he has charisma in his promos, in his ring work. So if one good thing comes out of this, uh, Braun Breaker is going to be a future NXT champion. He's probably going to be a future world champion. Yeah, well, you got you got to look at it like this. They already started off with him hot and heavy. He's going to be their breakout star of this new NXT. Because at the at the at Tommaso is holding the belt, and who's he run into at the end? As Braun. So that already tells you they're leading up to him pushing him right into a main event status. Which I think he could do well in just from yep. the little bit of time I've seen him. Yeah, and we didn't get much time. So right, I mean, so that is the one plus I will give out of the show is they made him look like an absolute superstar. Yep. Well, we know we have Raw this week, NXT on Tuesday. NXT 2.0. 2.0. Sorry. You should be. I don't, I don't count YouTube shows, so there's Dark and Elevation on monday and whatever well. <laughs> yeah 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 uh, nwa power on the fight tv app we have nxt 2.0 same day aw dynamite on wednesday which is literally a pay-per-view like let's not kid ourselves that's going to be fantastic you can tell i was really dull for the rest of them and then like my voice spiked yeah <laughs> it's a freaking pay-per-view yeah on thursday one of my personal favorites we have impact wrestling which I'm gonna. We're, I'm just gonna give a little little bit of news quickly regarding last night's pay per view. Josh yeah. Alexander, who they've been slowly pushing for the past couple of years, arrived after the Impact World Championship match last night between Christian Cage and Ace Austin, and said that he's cashing in the option option C option for the X Division Championship, but he's using it early this year. And the main event of Bound for Glory is going to be Christian Cage versus Josh Alexander for the Impact World Championship, yeah. and. This, I think, could actually be, like, they've already had a turning point of, like, they're starting to slowly go up now. But this is going to be a huge thing for them because Josh Alexander is a star that they've been home growing for years now. And he's probably going to be the face of the company for years to come. And I think this is going to be a solid moment for them. They've already shown that they're going to be doing the show in Vegas. They, in the promos, have shown logos for A. NWA, AEW, and New Japan. So you're going to see some people from all those companies. I think Bound for Glory this year is going to be one of the biggest Bound for Glories they've had in years. That is really awesome. And Al, I'm so glad that you brought up New Japan Pro Wrestling. You know why? I'm waiting for you to say why. Why, Lee? Thank you. Al, that is because October 23rd, us as perched on the top rope at showcase of legends five in albany new york will have legendary manager sonny ono and the ultimo dragon in albany new york ladies and gentlemen we are accepting mail in so make sure that you uh send us a message on facebook perched on the top rope that's why i'm glad you brought up new japan pro wrestling alex Exciting times. I thought it was going to be about the G1. Oh, no, this was another shameless plug. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I am all about shameless plugs. Uh, That's fine. 
if you would like to talk about that, by all means, you are technically the host. Yeah, um, well, G1, Night 1, and Night 2 are currently in the books. Uh, it happened, well, for us here in America, um, was it the 18th or the 19th? And every single person that they had in those A blocks and B blocks was really going like 100%. Um, Ishii versus Shingo was a classic. That was a classic. Um, Yano versus Kenta. I don't like Yano. Like, I really don't like Yano. Yano went we back to like comedy, Kenta. Yano. Huh? I said, we know you like Kenta. I do. I love Kenta. Um, which, by the way, should I get the, the sign that I never got to use at, at, at AEW Dynamite in the Prudential Center? Please, yes. Let's see it. <laughs> so, obviously, it's Kenta over Funk. I did not get to use this in the Prudential Center, but this is what I was going to write out. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. I had a feeling it had something to do with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we had that. Um, Abushi, I forgot who Abushi faced, but Abushi did not like get his two points. Uh, Yujo got like two points. Um, Tama was in there. Um, I'm really not cool with Tama not picking up two points um, against uh, Sonata, but they had a really good match. Um, and then people on Twitter were like, oh, my God, Tama, you look sexy. And I'm like, you guys need to go back and watch. Like, he was always, like, shirtless. Um, who else I just want Tama's old long hair back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's growing out that mohawk. That's about it. Um, yeah. I miss the old Tama. <laughs> but overall, um, if you guys have the description to the New Japan uh, world, uh, do yourself a favor and watch the G1. It's really um, good this year. But yeah, that's all I have to say about it for night one and night two. <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. Well, Marie, I am glad that you came back this week. I'm happy that you're even returning next week. And we will yep. have Rob on the show. Rob will be back. I will be taking a slight hiatus. And you will be gone for, for the show. I'm... Four people's too much, guys. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad I won't have my adorable one. Yeah. I'll have to hug you extra hard after the show. Please don't. Okay. <laughs> I tried being comforting and see what happens, folks. It's okay. Anyway, Marie, we're happy that you uh, came back with, uh, this week, especially after last week when we were all over uh, the dirt sheets, sports keto, <laughs> ringside, yeah. Fightful. Yeah, we were on the, the, that big YouTube uh, show there. Yeah. Um, who would have thought we, we were we were dropping news like that? So right? not even us until we saw it. <laughs> not even us until the next day. I didn't even know until the adorable one over here goes, Hey, we're on ringside news. Like, well, and it, it was crazy too because we had talked about how we were gonna take that clip and we were gonna put it on YouTube. Um, yeah. we unfortunately hadn't gotten around to it yet, only because we had uh some things that we had to work on with Glacier and Rat Titus this week. And then yeah, I yeah. I'm getting on like I'm not a huge fan of ringside news for obvious reasons but i still look on all those apps just to try and keep somewhat updated on what could possibly be going on and i yeah. get on there and i'm like i see this thing about about benoit and you know the seos <laughs> and i'm like 
I'm like, man, that's coincidental. I'm like, I wonder if if Marie was just like on a different show with someone or talked to someone with with ringside and I click it and I see our name on there. I'm like, those sons (laughs) of bitches, like those (laughs) sons of bitches, like didn't even tell us that they were going to put us on there. No, no, they don't have to. But like, it would have been nice so we could know to plug it ourselves. That would have been the one time I would have been okay with working with ringside news. <laughs> but I would like to thank my former employer, Steve Carrier, for uh, getting that article out. And I would like to also thank former employer, Sportskeeda, for getting out. And uh, for whoever wrote it at Fightful, thank you. And if we're missing any dirt sheets, and I know we are because I saw another one that had done, done an article on it. We really appreciate it. And uh, we do support you guys. We are on all the dirt sheets all the time. So uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah. see I how mean, he switched I'm... his attitude up real quick between hating the dirt sheets and loving them. Oh my god! I have the DSP now. You leave. We leave the past where it is <laughs> with the name. Um, I mean, I'm like when I saw it, I was like, oh my god, this is so interesting. Like, is this how it feels to feel famous? Like, you know, um, getting bombarded cool. with like this person has it, this person has it. Like I was on my way to like training with the guys and I was like, yo guys, I'm blowing up. Like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know what to do. I have this cheesy ass smile. And like, you know, the guys that I always support 100%, they're like, see, she's making the case that Twitter is worth it. And I was like, yeah, man, you just go on, you, you know, go on a podcast. I keep telling them to go on podcasts. You, you think they listen to me? They don't listen to me. Um, they really don't listen to me, but I had like this cheesy ass smile that you can see. I was like, oh my God, this is so weird. But finally I can actually be like, yeah, ringside news didn't lie about something because that's an actual true story. So, you know, that's a plus. Yeah. That's all we can ask. Hey, and, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was, it was cool. Yep. I enjoyed it. You know, and of course, as they were coming out more and more, I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for getting us to 7,500 on Facebook, guys. <laughs> We're getting there slowly. Uh, anyway, Marie, we want to thank you for coming on. And we would like for you to take this time to plug your vlog, your podcast, and everything that you do, Marie. The floor is yours. All right, cool. So I am Marie Shadows. I am the host and the creator of the Square Circle podcast and the host and the creator of the Ring Crew vlog. I do not know when that vlog is going to be coming back. But if you guys really wanted to come back, help me out over on the Patreon side where it can help me go to events and travel and just bring you guys awesome footage. Because remember, we're making wrestling memories together. So head over to patreon.com forward slash Marie Shadows to just help me out in that aspect. And if you want to listen to all the podcast episodes, anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast, go over to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash square circle podcast. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am not that hard to find. I love talking to people. If we need to squash anything, I'm there. Just talk to me at Marie underscore shadows. You could also send me other stuff. If you're angry at me, whatever, I'll read it. And, you know, again, we're making wrestling memories together. So make sure you go and support me to sweet this episode and also to sweet uh, person on top rope. <laughs> now, if you don't mind, I'd like to try this today. <laughs> Thank you. Namaste. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find Perched on the Top Rope anywhere and everywhere, especially when it comes to podcasting. We are on Apple, Google, Amazon, 
Stitcher, Red Circle, Podbay, and anywhere podcasts are found, we are Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us at youtube.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. We are on Facebook. Hey, we just broke 7,500 likes. Thank you. That is facebook.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, Perched Top Rope. We are also on TikTok, Perched on the Top Rope. And fans, remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. We're out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.